0: You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Vod, And I'm Matt. And our sentience depends on you. I'll cue the music.
1: Preservation's desire to create sentient life was what eventually broke the stalemate. In order to give mankind awareness and independent thought, preservation knew that he would have to give up a part of himself, his own soul, to dwell within humankind. This would leave him just a tiny bit weaker than his opposite, ruin. That tiny bit seemed inconsequential compared to their total vast sums of power. However, over eons, this tiny flaw would allow ruin to overcome preservation, thereby bringing an end to the world. This then was their bargain. Preservation got mankind, the only creations that had more preservation than Ruin in them, rather than a balance. Independent life that could think and feel. In exchange, Ruin was given a promise and proof that he could bring an end to all that they had created together. It was the pact, and preservation eventually broke it. By sacrificing most of his consciousness, preservation created Ruin's prison breaking their deal and trying to keep Ruin from destroying what they had created. This event left their powers again nearly balanced, Ruin imprisoned, only a trace of himself capable of leaking out, preservation reduced to a mere wisp of what he once was, barely capable of thought and action. These two minds were, of course, independent of the raw force of their powers, Actually, I am uncertain of how thoughts and personalities came to be attached to the powers in the first place, but I believe that they were not there originally, for both powers could be detached from their minds that ruled them. I don't know why Preservation decided to use his last bit of life appearing to Ellen during his trek back to Fadrix. From what I understand, Ellen didn't really learn that much from the meeting. By then, of course, Preservation was but a shadow of himself and that shadow was under immense destructive pressure from Ruin. Perhaps Preservation, or the remnants of what he had been, wanted to get Ellen alone, or perhaps he saw Ellen kneeling in that field and knew that the Emperor of Men was very close to just lying down in the ash, never to rise again. Either way, Preservation did appear, and in doing so, exposed himself to Ruin's attacks. Gone were the days when preservation could turn away an inquisitor with a bare gesture gone even were the days when he could strike down strike a man down and ble- to bleed and die by the time ellen saw the mist spirit preservation must have been barely coherent i wonder what ellen would have done had he known that he was in the presence of a dying god that on that night he had been the last to witness of pre- the last witness of preservation's passing If Ellen had waited just a few more minutes on the ashen field, he would have seen a body, short of stature, black hair, prominent nose, fall from the mist and slump dead into the ash. As it was, the corpse was left alone to be buried in ash. The world was dying. Its gods had to die with it. I get chills reading it again.
0: Uh, Okay, we'll come back to this in a second, but the mist spirit was preservation
1: yeah we got to see preservation okay let's get through this because we we i get back to that
0: okay so uh 50 uh 54 here um vin wakes up in manacles and her medals are all gone she's in a room and yeoman's talking to her yeoman offers her water and again yeoman is a genius Yeoman offers her water and goes. You're not going to get metals from that. That was water from rain that we strained out tenuously. There is no trace metals in that water.
1: They kept the water in wooden barrels. I mean, these are things I didn't even think of.
0: Of course, that makes sense. Yeoman's like, you're not getting anything from me. Um, he he brings out her. He mentions her earring and offers it to her, and she takes it and really fast puts it in. And he's like, I don't understand why you have this earring. It's like it's made of like this silver.
1: No, oranges. he said, he said it was it was it's silver, which is useless, yeah, and right, covered bit of it, yeah, covered in bronze, which is like one of the most useless metals to have as a misborn.
0: Yeah, and he's like, "Why do you even have it?" And he's curious. He gives it back, and he's watching her very closely because he's trying to figure out what exactly the reason for the earring is. And she just puts it in, and it's comforting to her. And he's just like, "What the heck is going on? Like, I don't get it." But again. This makes Vin have instincts that Yeoman may be misborn, right? And we've seen, we saw Yeoman burning ATM, right? Presumably. Yeah, and so, like, he's not afraid of her. You can see that. he's He gives it to her, and he, like, she even says, he just gave me a weapon. You know, like, I might not have medals in me now, but if I got them somehow, I could kill everyone with this. In fact, that's what the reason Kelsier said to wear it in the first place, is I could just pull it out and use it as a weapon if need be. But, um, yeah yeoman is like you know what uh i don't care and we need to talk you are awake for a reason and while yeoman's trying to like communicate with her ruin is is in her head the whole time kill him kill him kill him kill him and you're just like but uh a soldier from ellen's army comes in and vin realizes that yeoman is using her yeoman's going to use her as a uh as a bargaining chip and yeoman goes look there she is she's alive and the soldier's like she could be a condra. ask whatever you need to ask or whatever and he goes vin you can only respond in such a way if you try to give any information i'll kill you both and so he asks you know i forget the question he asked directly but it's something along the lines of like
1: what, what did you eat on the morning before the uh the first time they met
0: yeah and she responds properly and
1: he's like okay that's her and goes
0: back to tell Ellen that she is, in fact, still alive. And Yeoman's like, I bet you're thinking I'm using you as a bargaining tool. And while, you know, that might be a nice side effect of what's going on here. In reality, this is a city of law, and you are to be executed for murdering the Lord Ruler. And Vin's uh, like, yeah, I don't think that Yeoman's being a bit tricky. That's the end of 54. So, 55. We get Ellen's point of view here, and he's walking back with the coloss that he has taken, and he needs time to process. You know, he needs he still needs to process. He's accepted that he's willing to let Vin die, but he needs to process. You know, that it could actually legitimately happen, and he has to be ready to deal with that because he can't let that throw him off, especially now. And he starts to see in the distance. I think it's just like such a scary slash cool image. It's like off in the distance, he sees the ash mounts erupting with lava at this point. Um Erupting with lava at this point because they because they're they're just pushing out, and you know he's like you know we're losing, we're losing bad. I don't know how to deal with the ash and ruin and everything. I don't know how to deal with all this. And Ellen's just happy that he's alone because finally, with no one there to possibly see him, he's allowed to give up. And just like it mentions in the epigraphs, he falls down to his knees, and Miss Spirit kneels down next to him and starts pointing to the northeast um the spirit wrote to ellen the spirit went down you know ellen's like why aren't you communicating with me and the spirit's like okay you know like just waving its hands it's like how about you write your answers and the miss spirit like if this miss spirit could give him the dummy the dummy look you know he gives him the dummy look and then leans down and starts writing and whatever he writes changes into i will kill you
1: die die die
0: yeah die, die 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 you know exactly and Ellen realizes that he can't write because Ruin's going to change whatever message he tries to tries to write out to him. And Ellen goes, so Ruin's nearby. And the Mist Spirit starts shaking its head, yes, that, it, that it's there. And he, he recognizes that the Mist Spirit is a lot weaker than before. And he's like, are you a lot weaker than Ruin? And the Mist Spirit's like, yep, yep, yep,
1: yep. Well, he says, are you weaker? And he's like, yes. He's like, a lot weaker? And he's like, kind of yes. Yeah. Yeah
0: um he asked about lots of questions like is ruin causing the ash you know and then he asked i was like "Are is the mist spirit he's like are you causing the mist right
1: and the mist spirit's like yes
0: yes, <laughs> yes. which is interesting
1: and he's like why they, is it killing my men and instead the sensei is like it's is not killing my men. He's waving.
0: Yeah, he's like, it's not killing your men, right? And then he also was like, like "What
1: are you talking about? I saw it myself."
0: Yeah, he also goes like, but then, "Okay, it's, it's not killing my men. Do you do you want me to attack Frederick City? Should I attack Frederick City?" And the mist spirit's like, "No, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that." And the, yeah, there's just a lot there. And he's like, "Okay, so it's not killing my men. The mist is not killing my men. What what's it doing?" And and the mist spirit starts waving, and he says he's just, she's pointing at Ellen's medals. He's like, "Yes, medals. Like, what do you?" It's, it's, like medals, and Ellen's like, okay, this isn't getting anywhere. I'm, d- I don't understand anything that's going on right now. He goes, I'm just gonna ask you one last question. Do you think that we can win? And the mist spirit pauses for a long time, and then slightly waves. And Ellen's like, that's all I needed. And he start he starts marching, with a, uh, a new level here of uh, invigoration and excitement because. For the first time ever, whatever this thing was, which we now know is preservation, preservation thinks they can win. So, alright, 56. Um, Spook is working on his plan to deal with Quellian at this point, and he's like, Alright. We need to get him to expose his alic uh, abilities here out in public. So he's like, We're going, uh we're going to attack him and force him to expose him. And Beldred comes in and He's initially gonna turn her away, but he realizes that's exactly what the citizen does to her and is like fine and starts explaining his plan to her about how he plans on attacking and and getting him to expose it. and she's like, You promised you wouldn't hurt him and he's like, No, I promise I wouldn't kill him, which I won't. I won't kill him. I just need to make him think I will so he can use his alic abilities. And belger's like, Well, you know, okay, that that's not gonna work. And she he, he's like she's like how about this i have a better idea how about none of this has to happen instead i can send a letter to him begging him begging him to 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 listen to you and work with you rather than all this and spooks like you can you know i'm going to read it and make sure that nothing fishy is going on you can but i don't know if it's going to work and uh yeah you know it's like uh whatever but uh the big thing here to take from this is that the soldiers that are watching the ministry leave they're just gone and spook's like well that makes us using our own soldiers a lot easier because now we don't have to sneak out and or anything like that and we get a point where Sazed is like uh we get a point where Sazed's looking at the machine he's built or the engineering the engineering he's done to to get the water back of the water control system and it's working and it's working well he's like all we got to do is flip that switch and it will return all the water. And Spook's like, well, you know, there's a lot of rioting going on right now. That's why all the soldiers are gone. I've looked around. I've listened. There's a lot of rioting occurring. The soldiers had to be pulled back to try to control these. And uh yeah, and we basically end with another moment between Spook and Sazed here where says goes i don't know if your plan's going to work and spook goes i have faith and i kind of understand you know you mentioned a while ago you asked me what does it mean to have faith or like something along those lines and i kind of realized i think i have an answer for you and says like hit me and he goes you know having faith is knowing that no matter what you do something is going to make sure it works out in the end something is watching us something is going to happen something is going to make sure in the end we come out on top and say it's like yep that's what I'm missing, and I need to get that back. And that's the end of 56.
1: So we hung up yesterday on talking about The Bargain, and now we just get The Bargain all spelled out. Dude,
0: hero of Ages, man. What's that answer? <laughs> right there.
1: Right there. And the thing is, is because it's like what, what I love and what I've learned through reading the Cosmere is that if you ask a question and then you get it immediately answered, one, I love it because I, that just feeds into a person that's to me that's impatient. But it means that there was a bigger question you didn't ask, you know. Mm-hmm. And what I can say is this is one of the biggest events in the entire Cosmere. Um, this having preservation, you know, show up for Ellen.
0: And I guarantee you for non-spoiler folks right now, when we start branching out again, you know, I'm going to take a second here with this. We start branching out. We have spoiler episodes for people who have read the whole Cosmere and discussing Cosmere implications. And you best know when we talk about this moment, we're going to talk about it big on our next our our, our next spoiler episode uh, after this. When we kind of basically talk about the spoilers for the rest of the book. But for you non-spoiler people, We are going to be introducing another episode type, which we call timeline spoilers. And these are going to be for those of you who are following along with us in our reading order. When we actually start branching into other sections of the Cosmere, when we go on to like Elantris, for example, one of the next books, and they start actually seeing connections between the books, the small connections in the background of the Cosmere, we're going to discuss what those connections are and everything um, in terms of just the books that we have gone through in our timeline up to that point, that way those are episodes that if you're following with us, you will be able to listen to. And the reason I bring that up is because, like you mentioned, you know we can't go too much into it, but you're right. This is one of the biggest moments in the Cosmere.
1: And it's it's funny because it kind of gets played off. I mean we're we're talking about Hero of Ages made everything completely different uh, when it came to you know Misborn itself. You know, we had the introduction of gods, we have um, you know, we had we heard ruin, 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 and then we found out that there's another one called preservation. Where has preservation been? And we find out, oh look, preservation is here and has kind of been here, sort of. And we're seeing like actual interactions of like preservation trying to be trying to give some help. We get to learn about why things happen the way they did, how the world was created by ruin and preservation. We find out why you know ruin was trapped the way he was? Why he seems to be going on a, tra- a tear and preservation is doing nothing about it? That's
0: the big thing I wanted to point out here. We realize that like, you know, it turns out that this imprisonment by preservation, that was it. That was the thing. That was what was holding it back. Now that that once that was gone, we we are faced with a preservation that is completely incapable of dealing with ruin.
1: And so, in, even even in this epigraphs, we find out like preservation was barely even coherent. So,
0: and we, we learn preservation's dead,
1: dead, yeah, dead, dead. Like no, all, all dead. Yeah. And had a had a had a physical human body that showed up, yeah, a corpse. And so it's um we don't understand the nature of how the gods work. We find out that, oh, like they they don't inhabit bodies yet left a corpse behind um, that preservation, you know, didn't necessarily sacrifice his power, but sacrifice his mind, um, which is arguably worse. You well, know, I mean, my, the point being that his power still existed, but mm-hmm. this is why he was left basically impotent to be able to, you know, in this whole situation. This whole time, he could only... He, he's not really able to com- completely direct everything. Um, and, you know, what little bit of communication he was able to have with Elend, uh, was, you know, stuck. Uh, like, it was just, like, very, very, very basic. Uh, which I'm sure on the level of gods, like, is very, very small.
0: Another thing I want to point out, which, again, this is something that we can't really discuss too much in depth, but we can do, like, the surface-level discussion, was I love how the ruin are the ruin? the Chondra say that the humans are of ruin but in reality we learn here the ruins are the most of preservation as possible the, the humans are the
1: most you said the ruins yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry yeah the chondra uh,
0: believed that the humans were of ruin but it turns out that they are the most of preservation
1: uh well i mean they're they're unbalanced in favor of preservation yeah they clearly have ruin in them um and Again, like, we don't really understand what the consequences of that or the nature of it is, uh, but it's just fascinating to kind of think of the implications here because what it's saying is like, okay, preservation's power, hey, like as he has the power, um, is somewhat dispersed in everyone, right? That was the whole point was that this was supposed to be the way that Ruin would agree to their bargain, was to say, look, I'm giving a piece of myself you know, essentially into everything here. So you're slightly stronger, you know, in you're, this case. You're just
0: strong enough that over the thousands of years, you will eventually overtake
1: me. Like, there's just no, I'm not going to be able to hold you back all the way, right? And that's why he agreed to it. And then preservation went backwards on that and was like, actually, I'm going to trap you.
0: Yeah. Last episode, I said, you know, for a Ruin that got the ability to destroy the entire world, which was,
1: wasn't in their bargain. How did he break the bargain? He didn't. So that's why I think preservation broke the bargain. It said that, and but it's like, but that wasn't part of the bargain. I'm like, yeah, it was. It was always that he was going to destroy, you know, everything that they created or whatever. Um, but it was just fascinating uh, because we're going to actually learn a little bit more, you know, later on about like the nature of you know the way preservation and ruin work. But what we, one thing I want to kind of harken back to is something that happened like in earlier chapters, in like chapter forty five, ruin. This is one of the things that made me made me fascinated by him. When he describes everything, he describes it as good, right? Like he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm not evil. I'm not here to be evil. And in fact, without me, nothing you ha- that you know or love would exist." You know, yeah. And we find out that it's actually even more than that. He actually helped create literally everything that was mm-hmm. there. But he said like, "Nothing would nothing would change. Nothing would grow." And, you know, I'm life itself. You know. Um, and that's like, it's like a different take on this. Like he see he, he views everything he's doing as like the right thing to do. Um, I don't even think he considers it the right thing to do. I think he just considers it the thing that has to occur. Right. Right. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, he doesn't see this as like, Oh, I'm doing a bad thing or I'm trying to get revenge on anything. It's like, this is the nature of the universe. And there is ruin. And so, I am here to implement that
0: yeah, you y'all have been preserved and
1: now it is time for me to ruin. It. Right. Yeah. And, and so I just, that's just like fascinating to me because uh, we, we, every time we hear heard of ruin discussed in the previous epigraphs, they would say that ruin is a force. It's mm-hmm. not, it's less of a being than it is a force, but it is intelligent. Right. And it's just like, yeah, I, that's why he's called ruin. He is the embodiment of ruin. Mm-hmm. It is just like this is why the way it has to be.
0: All right. Um, before we get too much more into it, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the chapters here. And I'm just too excited because I need to, we need to get on to the next one because we're going to end with two more chapters. We're going to end with part four, and it's it's just another just amazing set. So chapter fifty four here, right? So. Yeoman is being tricky, and Yeoman is a genius. Like, like
1: again, I didn't even time, think about that. Yeah,
0: every time, like this was again. I set up a promise. Le- again, let's go back to Brandon's lectures. A promise he made. Vin was able to use her luck in the first book because she's getting trace metals from what she was drinking. Full <laughs> circle, all the way back around. Yeoman's like, I am not going to give you the ability to get trace metals
1: through drinking water. This is like this is what made death note so cool you know yeah. if anyone's ever seen death note in the first series you didn't even think of this as being a problem mm-hmm. you didn't even think of that as oh yeah it's like, but he's already thought of it and came ahead come ahead of it right because mm-hmm. it would have been i would have been perfectly happy if she had gotten trace metals in and that's how she like broke out or whatever yep. you know i would have been like oh what a payoff right because we learned about that he goes yeah I didn't forget about that. I'm just not going like, to give you the satisfaction.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> that's not how this story is going to turn out. Right. Uh, I think that's just absolutely crazy. And again, I'm so curious about Yeoman, right? Because we have the we we believe he's burning ATM. We've like Ellen believes that at least. Vin has an instinct that he's misborn, and he's straight up giving her a weapon. And he's like, he's like prodding and trying to tease out what she can do at the same time he, she's doing that to him. He's giving that and going like, I'm so curious. Why do you have this? You know, it turns out that it's it's mostly just her comfort tool, but he's so intelligent. He's probing at all points, just trying to find out everything he can tell. And I just can't sing Omen's praises enough. I love him as an antagonist in this story. And I think like. You know, I liked Set for different reasons. Right? I liked Set for just how straightforward he was. Like, cool, he was an antagonist, and he was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll kill you in a heartbeat if it meant that I think I would hold on to my power. I love that just, you know, with everyone, and maybe this comes from Well of Ascension, kind of getting that taste out of my mouth, with everything in Well of Ascension being, like, everyone's trying to be slimy and secrety and and take, take everything through political power. I liked how direct Forward Set was. I am also loving just how directly, like, in a way, just how much smarter Yeoman is than the Ventures at this point.
1: Well, and we also learned something very, very interesting about allomancy here and about silver, yeah. how it's allomantically useless to the point yeah. where she can't, not only can she not burn it, as far as we know, she can't do anything with it.
0: Yeah, she can't even
1: push, pull anything with it, right? Yeah, as far as I know. I mean, that's kind of what it was implied, at least. It mm-hmm. was like she couldn't use it to burn, um, which, you know, you know, there are a lot of metals that exist, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, in this world like similar to ours um and so you can't say assume that every single one would be that way
0: yeah and i shouldn't have said that though because she can do that with 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 her earring but that's mostly because there it was like it's a bronze. silver outlining. it's bronze right right so, right,
1: right. Yeah. and and so like that was just an interesting thing that they were like oh yeah silver also here because you think about like you would make it makes sense that they would have Alamantic prisons right like it makes sense that there would be some understanding of how to and in, in case someone who can use Alamancy. Maybe not just a Mistborn, but I mean, even just a coin shot, you know, whatever, you're going to have to be able to handle that. Um, But uh, the thing that I think was interesting here was like, I was like, where are you going to use metal? You got to use metal somewhere, right? Like it's got to be some, you know, in some way involved in doing this stuff. And so silver is the way, apparently.
0: Yeah. So here's the cool thing, right? Um, Wow. Never mind. we're gonna hold off on that one let's jump over let's just continue on with this so ellen man ellen talked to preservation that is still crazy to me i remember this was one of the things i caught because like i said i was so oblivious to the epigraphs i think i was just so excited to get on to the next part of the book that i just like like zoned out on the epigraphs like come on come on show me the next right. part let me the next part when i was listening to this the first time but this was when i caught and i was like Whoa, whoa whoa the the Mist Spirit is, is a god? What? And it was crazy to see a god die. And it was super chilling in the epigraph at least. I still get chills on that last sentence of the epigraph where it just goes, the world was dying and so its gods must die too.
1: That was yeah, that was a that was a big that was a you know, that's a that's a big big statement to have. And I would tell you, you know, this was when I would go over to you and be like What was this all about? I don't understand. (laughs) And you would tell me secret history. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, secret history. Uh, history. Remember how I said that there was something a a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode? I was like, remember when he brought up that thing and it was 50 chapters into the Mm -hmm. next book before he brought it up again? It's one of those things yeah, I like, was
0: I would, it was worse than that. Every time you asked me one of those really in-depth questions, it was always been like it was always like me just going secret history. So not only was it 50 chapters, it was, oh no, you know, based on our reading order, it's like, oh no, it's like ten books ahead. <laughs> you know it's like four books ahead. <laughs> yeah
1: so so funny thing is that this is one of the reasons when we when we got to a fight on the uh, on the reading list was where to put secret yeah. history because I wanted to scratch that itch so hard early on. But I feel like you have to get a few more books in before you can get the real meaty potatoes out of it. Yeah.
0: And I we're we're still not a hundred percent settled. We're ninety-nine percent settled. I still think I'm gonna have to fight you on pushing secret history back a little farther.
1: I kind of I'm i actually was like leaning into it. But I think at that point you just gotta do you gotta do the cursed reading, you know, where you read Final Empire and then you read Well of Ascension and then you read Final Empire again to make sure you didn't get miss anything, and then you read Well of Ascension again and then you read Hero of Ages, and then you read Final Empire again? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We don't have time for that. But I think that was crazy. And then we have the episode, or the episode, we have the chapter 56 where Spook's laying out his plan, and, you know, they're moving forward. And it's crazy to think, you know, again, we talked about it. When we first read this, I didn't really appreciate Spook's Spooks story in the in this book, you know? I wasn't a huge fan of it. But, like, Honestly, I second read through, man. I'm liking it more and more. Like I didn't realize how important spook was to Sazed like starting to slowly come out
1: of what's been bothering him. Mhm. I mean, that like I said like I said earlier, um I said episode 1 talking about Hero of Ages that there was one plot line that I thought dragged a bit and it was this one. It was the one with Spook. And like afterwards like rereading it is so much more enlightening and so much better. And I think it's because of like what you said, like I was so excited for what was happening with Ven, what was happening with Ellen, what was happening, you know, on this global scale. that I just kind of didn't care what was going on over here, you know, with Spook. Um, And, you know, we're seeing like, there's a big part about about Spook to play here. And in the next episode, we're going to see exactly how big that gets. Uh, But, I mean, the the development and what he did to set up Caesar the way he did, you know, the, the way he, you know, really, really kind of th- this group of individuals that were, have played such a small part now, but have had a huge roles before. um This was like the buildup, you know, Um we have all these things, all these plot lines coming together that are all going to just collide essentially when uh, coming into the next part. But like I said, and this to end up on chapter end uh, get around about on chapter four, we're gonna see uh, Spook's plan all come together. Hey
0: everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com/ontos. That's patreon.com/ontos. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.